Hi, and welcome to the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. I'm Mark Simon. The other day on Twitter, we announced the winners of the fourth annual NPB Fielding Bible Awards, and in just a moment, we're going to talk to the winner of one of them. Let me run through the names first, then we'll talk to the winner, then we'll talk to John Gibson of Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast about the different players who won, and you'll hear from SIS VP of Baseball, Bobby Scales. The winners of the 2023 NPB Fielding Bible Awards are, at first base, David McKinnon of the Cebu Lions, at second base, Naoki Yoshikawa of Yamiori, the third baseman is Toshiro Miyazaki of Yokohama, the shortstop is Sosuke Genda of Cebu, the left fielder is Kensuke Kondo of SoftBank, the center fielder, one of the stars of the Japan series, Koji Shikamoto of Hanshin, the right fielder, Chusei Manami of Nippon Ham, the catcher, Takumi Oshiro of Yamiuri, the multi-position winner, Makoto Kanawaki of Yamiuri, and the pitcher, Yoshinobu Yamamoto of Oryx. Now let's hear from first base winner, David McKinnon, former member of the Angels and Athletics. In his first season in Japan, he wins a Fielding Bible Award at first base. Hey, David, so first of all, have you ever won an award for your defense before? Not like this, not this big of an award. I've won maybe like best defensive first baseman in like a league. But it would have been like double A, 10 teams or something like that, but not 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 at this high level. So this is a pretty cool award for me. Nice. David was a 32nd round pick of the Angels in 2017, University of Hartford. He got 50 at-bats in the major leagues, seven hits, 2022. Can you just explain for us how you ended up in Japan? Yeah, seven hits for 50 and 50 at-bats. Scooted <laughs> me over there pretty quick. Yeah, I got pretty much almost two months up in the big leagues last year. Didn't hit too well. I was kind of just a guy that hits against lefties and pinch hitting. And I just, I'd never done it before. And I just wasn't, it wasn't good at it apparently. So I found myself taking the opportunity to go to Japan. Felt like there's a better opportunity for me, for my family. You're just in one place the whole time. You're not in a suitcase, maybe in AAA. And then you go up to the big leagues and back down. So it's a little bit more in one place and... It was a little, little better for family, I think. I went back through about six months' worth of your tweets, and it seemed like you really enjoyed yourself there. How did you find baseball and the experience to be like? I enjoyed the baseball experience, for sure. Um, the experience at the beginning is tough. You, know, you need to learn a little bit of Japanese, but I, I'm not going to be learning. I'm, I'm just not able to learn a ton of it. So, you know, basic phrases. Once I figure out basic phrases, how to order certain food at my restaurants that I went to, was it was it was really enjoyable. Had to get used to the trains, so that was our form of transportation around. So had to figure out how to get from one train to transfer to the next train. Get like they're super punctual, so they're always on time. Sometimes you're just running, try to get the next train, and it's it's a little stressful. But once you figure it out, it's not too bad. But I enjoyed it. Food was great. People were super nice, and fans were awesome. The practice experience like, because I've heard a lot about that. There's a lot of practice. Chaz Masui was our manager, so he was in the big leagues for quite some time. He kind of understood how like we were brought up playing and kind of like let, let, let it up to us to figure out how much we wanted to do or not do or how many swings we wanted to take, how many ground balls we wanted to take. So he left it up to us, which was super cool of him. And obviously that's kind of how it is with their veteran guys too. But we had a lot of young guys and those guys work hard, really hard. So what was it like playing with a dead and ball? Yeah, I mean, those balls. I mean, I hit some balls. Usually I'll run into a couple opposite field, center field every year. Not a ton, but probably get two or three out to right and then a couple out to center. And 
I hit some balls this year where I was like, like every other year they've been homers and they just weren't home runs this year. It's pretty much left center and over. It was the only chance I had at most fields, especially our field. Our field was hot. It's just sticky. It feels like a sauna in there. It's actually a dome, but then it's open air dome. It's only like there's a ceiling. So it's just 95 degrees and it's even hotter on the field with no breeze. So just the ball doesn't travel great. And then the balls are soft as is. So it was not the greatest hitting environments. All right, but we talked defense here, and your defense at first base, particularly this year, was good. High up in our defensive runs saved that we track both for the major leagues and for NPB and KBO. I believe you were the the defensive leader at first base among players that had played that were regular players. And we always ask players to review a great defensive player too. And I found two: July twenty fifth and August twenty sixth. They were the same leaping catches on line drives where you got. Yeah way up there where did those ups come from so i played in college soccer as well as baseball so i played goalkeeper and that was kind of i think that's kind of where my reaction time and like kind of the awkward jumps and like jumping up and kind of like reaching behind your head to kind of catch a ball those are that's where that kind of comes from just because that's how like when i'm playing goalie like trying to reach back and tap it over the net so i think just playing the angles like in goal and playing the angles at first you can make your body a little bigger if you play the right angles and you can make yourself cover a little more ground if you cover the right angle is that the the general approach that you take to playing first base yeah i mean at first like at first i'm just trying to keep the ball in front of me any way possible because all you gotta do is really knock it down and then you have a chance to get it out but yeah i mean i'm just trying to put myself in a position to start where i think the guy might have the best chance of hitting it and from there i'm just trying to stay low one or two steps and just if I dive dive but just kind of cut be able to play as good an angle read the speed of the ball as good as good as or as fast as I can off the bat and then be able to take the right angle to the ball so that I can cover as much ground as possible how sophisticated are they with like spray charts and things like that I mean I don't see the spray charts the coaches like it's a lot more coaches like putting you in spots not so much the player there's no card ever, at least for our team, there's never a card. I didn't see anyone ever fall apart. And why did you play soccer and baseball at the same time in college? That sounds very daunting. Yeah, it was a lot, but schools were so expensive, so it helped pay for school. And I enjoyed both, and I was probably better at soccer when I originally committed to play both. So yeah, like my senior year in high school, I was all state in high school for baseball, but I was All-American in soccer. So I was like really good at soccer and I liked, you know, so I wanted, I wanted baseball to be the sport, but I wasn't sure if it was going to be the sport until we got to a couple of years into college. And I was like, all right, I think I'm good enough to play this one. I mentioned that it seemed like you really enjoyed your team and your teammates too. And you play with a shortstop that I think if he came to the States, maybe he wouldn't hit, but he would field as well as anyone that's there. Can you tell us about Sosuke Genda? Yeah, Genda is a stud in the field. It's prototypical Japanese hitter, so he's kind of just trying to put the bat on the ball, slap it the other way, cause havoc on the base paths. But and he's got good hand-eye coordination. But like he is unbelievable in the field. Ball is just in his glove, and then all of a sudden it's his throwing hand. I just sometimes you just don't even know how it got there. A lot of dull plays are turned where he just doesn't even use his hand to flip it. He just it's glove into Tonosaki's glove and double play is turned he's just super talented and like the only errors he really has is make errors where 
they are really errors. It's errors that like other people wouldn't get to that he gets to, and then he just couldn't make the play, and then he gets an error. Where I would argue that maybe that's not an error, but what was your most memorable moment in Japan for this past season? I think that play probably. I think it, I don't know what day it was. Might have been July twenty fifth. Might not have been though. There's one play I made at the Tokyo Dome. It was like full house. We were playing Chiba, and it was Chiba's home game in the Tokyo Dome. They like rented it out. It's loud. One of their catchers came up, and I I made a similar catch like. Jumping, saved a run, nice catch. It might have been that play, but that might have been a little earlier in the season. That was probably my favorite one because that was kind of where they first realized that I was pretty good at first base. Like, I was pretty good over there. Uh, we could probably keep him over there. <laughs> yeah. And you played third too. We should acknowledge that. Yeah, but like I played third pre-average to below average. You know, I don't really have much range over there. I was a position I was trying to learn last year in the big leagues, you know. So, I mean, I hadn't really touched third base since freshman college yep. and, and yeah it was just it's crazy because like my range is really good at first and it's just not that good at third and i think it just i don't see i don't pick the ball up as well off like i don't pick the ball up as well off the bat at, on the left side of the infield as i do on the right side anymore I've just been over there for so long i think i'd rather which i'm not quick enough to play second but i think i'd be more comfortable at second than i would at third like on the left side just because of being on the right side of it. And yeah, and more time certainly to read read hops and yeah, really nature. Hitting wise, I know that I I'm I don't know that this is your number one highlight. Maybe it is. You homered off of the great Yoshinobu Yamamoto, did you not? Definitely my favorite highlight. <laughs> okay. How good is he? Uh, that was definitely I mean he's he's a stud. He's good. He's every bit advertised one team is gonna be lucky to get him this year and in my opinion, I think two hundred million might be a little bit on the lower end than <laughs> should be paying. Because I mean, I've seen, I've seen some top tier arms, and he's right up there with them. He's got five pitches that he spots up. He put throws a cutter, two seamer, four seamer, and they all do different things. It's not like it's like a little like he throws a full blown like sinker with a four seamer and then a cutter. They're all ninety two to ninety eight, and then he's got a twelve six curveball. With a uh, nasty four. The four's nasty. It's so good. And a slider. So like, he's got six pitches, like, legit pitches. I think the, the ball's a little different there. So I think the slider gets better in the States. I'm not sure if the splitter is going to be as lethal as it is, you know, because I think the ball really helps the splitters in Japan just because it's a little smaller, a little tackier. But yeah, I mean, he's a good pitcher. So yeah, and that, that home run kind of came out of the like, I wasn't hitting good at the beginning of the year, and then just randomly hit a home run off a young moto, so. Nice. So, what would you tell American people about Japanese baseball that they might not know? Yeah, I mean, I think the coolest part of Japanese baseball is just the the fans. Like, it's, they're just so polite. When the team hitting is up, only the fans for the hitting team is cheering. They all have their own cheering songs for each player. So they're singing, playing trumpets, playing the drums. When that team's out and the other team comes up to bat, the other team's fans sit down. Teams, now the next team's fans get off and they do their cheering. And it's just crazy. Super respectful. You like your song? I didn't like my song that much. I'm hoping they can. Oh, no. I hope we're not spilling bad news to people. They're going to be upset. It was a foreigner song, so. 
Okay. I'm hoping I can get my own song next year, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nice. David McKinnon, thank you for taking the time to join us. Best of luck in Japan and certainly beyond. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It was enjoyable. And we welcome in John Gibson of the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast to talk about the winners of the 2023 NPB Fielding Bible Awards, which we'll go through right now. Hi, John. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for inviting me on the show to speak with you. Always love this time of year. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Let's go position by position through the winners of the 2023 NPB Fielding Bible Awards. At first base, the Fielding Bible goes to David McKinnon of the Cebu Lions. He's the one ex-MLB player that won the award. What was so strong about him? I think he had good hands, and he made a play early in the season that in which he jumped, and I thought it was Michael Jordan out there at first base. He was jumping so high, and I actually got a chance to talk to him about that, and, and, and he said, hey, look, uh, I was just jumping. I was just reacting, but he was good. His reactions are good, has good hands, and he played really strong at first base for that team in the whole way, so that was good to see. At second base, it's Naoki Yoshikawa, of the Yamiuri Giants. What impressed you about him? I have loved this guy since the first time I saw him take the field for the Giants. Can go left, can go right. It's not always those balls that are hit hard. It's the ones that are hit softly, especially for second basemen who have to come in and make a torque their bodies and and get in those funky positions to throw the ball to first base. And he's really good doing all of those things. Yeah, I like the way he plays the, the position. Again, another guy with good hands and can do all those those weird throws. So good choice. And second base is a position that is particularly important in Japan, right? Well, the middle infield is particularly important. They always talk about it. In, in Japanese, they call it center line, but we call it up the middle. That position is really important because they want a guy who's versatile and if need be, have to go into another position on the other side of the field. They don't mind switching a second baseman and a shortstop at any time. So you have to be ready to be able to go both left and right with your defensive skills and get over to balls that are in the hole. So yeah, yeah, it's a very important position. And a shortstop will stay up the middle, a three-time winner, Soske Genda, a teammate of David McKinnon of Cebu. I feel like we, we talk about him every year. What What's so great about Soske Genda? Yeah, there, there are no more superlatives to pile on this guy. He's He is a human vacuum. We did see a little bit of drop-off from him this season because he was injured during the WBC, kind of got off to a late start, and it was he had some bumpy plays during the way. But he's still miles ahead of some of the other guys who are in competition with him. So he gets to everything. He doesn't have the strongest arm. And I actually saw a special arm that showed how he tries to get the ball in position. So he he runs over and he gets his body and the glove into position so that all he has to do is throw. And that's just a credit to his speed because he is really fast as well. So he's one of the players whose speed actually shows up in his defense. The NPB leaders in defensive run save McKinnon was one. The second base winner, Yoshikawa, was second. And Genda, despite the injury, did finish first in defensive run saved our metric for measuring shortstop effectiveness. We move over to third base, the other corner spot. It is Toshiro Miyazaki of the Yokohama Base Stars. I know third base was a challenging position for us to try to pick someone. What about Miyazaki stood out? So you're saying there was some bait, some debate over that. Well, uh, you know, he's got really good hands. He's he's going to get to everything within a, put, uh, a couple steps away from him. He doesn't have much range, but the things that he gets to, he's going to make an accurate throw across and get you out. He's got a strong arm. So he's a, he, he's very worthy as the winner of this honor, I think. 
at third base, there were a number of players that were kind of log jammed together in terms of the defensive run save stats. He was one of them. In left field, one of the top players in the league, Kensuke Kondo of the SoftBank Hawks. This is a player that I feel like the American audience should know, both for his hitting and for his defense. Tell us about Kensuke. Guy who started out as a catcher was, <laughs> I guess if you play for the fighters, you just have to practice. You have to work out as catcher anyway. It's, it's a prerequisite or it's, an, it's a contractual obligation. But this is a guy who has really worked on his defense. And I, I wouldn't say he's the greatest defensive player, but a lot of, again, he brings an arm out there having been a, a catcher. And I think a lot of guys maybe tried to take some liberties thinking, well, even if he gets to it, he can't throw me out. And he ended up at least making it competitive, making them think about it, if not getting some outfield assists, which I remember he got a few. And, you know, it's left field. I mean, it's not like you're putting your best athlete out there in left field and you're just hoping that they can make the plays. And he made a lot of plays and he's he has enough speed to catch up with balls. He's good at reading the ball off the bat, uh, having been a catcher <laughs> and very adequate player out there. And he has an arm. He's the leader in defensive runs saved in left field for NPB. In center field, there was a player, he's another one who stands out for his all-around game, and there seems to be a consensus around him as the best guy. Koji Shikamoto of the Hanshin Tigers. Tell us about him. He came up, I guess he was a rookie when, at a time when Murakami was a rookie with the Swallows, and Munetaka Murakami. And I, I said that this kid had the better season all around. If you just want to look at home runs and RBIs and sexy numbers, okay, Murakami is your guy. You go drive the Ferrari off the off the lot and have fun. But if you want a good, sensible player who's going to do everything, he's going to make the tough catches. He's going to make the throws to the right bases. He's going to make good plays. He's going to come in on the ball. He's going to go back on the ball. He's going to cover in the gaps. This is your guy, and he does all this stuff, and he has since he was a rookie, so I'm really glad that he got this honor. The Shikamoto of the Hanshin Tigers, who are playing uh, at the time that we're taping, at the time that this airs, it'll be over, but at the time that we're taping, playing for Hanshin in the Japan series. We move to right field, and the right fielder, Shusei Manami of the Nippon Ham Fighters, this is the guy who has probably the best arm in NPB. Tell us about him. Chisei Manami, I, I, just a guy I love. When he first came up and got some playing time, I started calling him. He was the, he looked like a guy who was like Michael Jordan as the baseball Michael Jordan. Very athletic. You could tell right away he had speed. His throwing was going to, he was going to throw out anybody who even had to have an inkling of the, in their head that they were going to go for a base. He'd either throw behind them and get them or throw ahead of them and get them. So he overpowered guys with his arm. But he has put on some weight now. He's He's got his man body, if you will, and he's filled out a little bit. So the speed might have dropped off a little bit, but he still makes up for it with his arm strength and the fact that he reads the ball well. And they settled in at putting him in right field. I think he had some time at first base this year as well. Big mistake there, but you're wasting if, if you don't put him in right field. And I don't know, there's, there are no, I don't want to use weapons of war as an example, but the guy has an arm that will you know, destroy runners if they just they, they try to take an extra base on him. So I, I advise you now, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can imagine just how good it is. Catcher was probably one of the tightest spots and the one that generated the most discussion among our voting panel. The winner was Takumi Oshiro of Yamiori. There were a number of guys here. What stood out about him? Yamiori's Oshiro, he, a good, he's a good, strong player. He's got, he's got the arm. 
He blocks plate. Uh, he blocked the ball behind the plate. And I think when you talk to pitchers, that skill gets underrated, especially by fans and maybe observers as well. Because we, you know, we all, you know, he's back there crouching down. He should block the block the ball, but blocking the ball was really good. I, I think he had a high rate of throwing out base runners, but that's you know you're working in tandem with the pitchers. I don't know about his his framing and all those other things, but he really had a strong arm, and blocking blocking pitches was one of his strengths. I thought. It sounds right alongside how Gabriel Moreno won the award in MLB this year for the Arizona Diamondbacks, same skills that made it work for him. And Oshiro, by the way, did rate decently in pitch framing. There were some guys that were a little bit ahead of him, but he rated well and he rated very well in the other categories. At pitcher, the top pitcher in Japan wins the Fielding Bible Award. It's Yoshinobu Yamamoto of the Oryx Buffaloes. We know about his pitching, I think, if you watch the WBC, if you follow Japan baseball at all this year. Tell us about his fielding. Quick off the mound uh, is really good going. Everyone imagines, I think, when I, when you say someone's quick off the mound, that their right-handed pitcher is going toward third, third base and has to make a long throw. But it's the plays going to first base that really test you because you're looking at the runner and you have to find the first baseman and you have to wonder if the first baseman is coming in, if you have to throw it to the second. There's a lot of calculations and a lot of math that's going on in there. And he just makes it look easy going either way. And then you're catching batted balls that come at you or near you or all those things. He's cat quick. So he's very deserving of the award in those respects because, you know, again, I, 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 Think of the guys going toward first base and how you have to run and how you're huffing and puffing when you're racing a runner down and then have to have to continue pitching. And he's really good at that stuff and he's really in shape. So he doesn't have to worry about getting tired, even if people bunt on him five times in a row. People will uh, enjoy his defense when he comes to MLB as a free agent this offseason in all likelihood. Our multi-position player, we do give it a word for that. The top multi-position player of the year in Japan was a standout in a huge way at both shortstop and third base. He's one of the top defensive players in the league overall. Makoto Karawaki of the Yamiuri Giants. Tell us about him. Kadowaki uh, guy, we, we didn't actually see him all that much. And we need, I mean, you have to really watch a lot of games to see guys like this in, in, some, in some respects because... A lot of times they're defensive replacements in maybe a close game or a game that's not all that close, but they're, they're playing. And then the Giants, uh, their their full-time shortstop got injured, and so he Kadawaki got some some more playing time, some grass time, as I like to call it, got his pants dirty. And, you know, goes to either way, really. I mean, I, I was watching, I had to look again, you know, to see who was playing because he was making some of these great plays. He was going left and right and has a really strong arm. And that gets lost in Japan because a lot of times uh, the assumption is, well, you know, they're they're physically not as strong as as major league players, so they they have a tough time going deep into the hole. Uh, that's not the case with this guy. <laughs> he can do it. He has a stronger arm than you think. And we considered him for defensive player of the year as well. That's something new that we're doing this year with Sports Info Solutions. We did it for MLB. It was Cabrian Hayes of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Our defensive player of the year for Japan. It was an interesting discussion that led to Shusei Amanami of Nippon Ham winning that award. Best in the game? Manami is the man. I, I, I said it on the show that night and I said, look, he can change your defense and he can change it not just because he has the strong arm, but he can go and get the balls in the gap as well. And he could actually play center field if need be. He's got that kind of speed. So he's a game changer. I, I think you know if he learns, obviously he was in the running with the home run lead for the home run king this season in the Pacific League. 
But if this guy puts it together at the plate too, you're talking about a five-tool guy who can really dominate a game. You know, you you have to figure out how to pitch around him. You have to figure out how to advance on bases when he's out there in the field. And that's 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 like a two-way player, like Otani's status, right? Because you have to pitch around that guy and then get a hit off of him. So he's he's hurting you when he's got the bat in his hands, and he's hurting you when he's got the glove in his hands. I I, I love him with the glove. I think the bat needs to catch up. Is there anything you'd like to say about the group as a whole, our Fielding Bible Award winners for 2023 for NPB? We all had some discussion. I think we all had some guys we we would have rather seen. And one of my guys is Ryosuke Kikuchi, who plays for the Hiroshima Carp, and he's the second baseman. And, you know, he might have had a down year. I still like him. But as far as the winners go, I think all the guys were deserving. The discussion at third base was was interesting. And sometimes I think I had a uh, question mark over there for third base. Let's put, let's call it a question mark. You know, we are just observers. We, we, we are not the ones on the field. We don't know where these guys are positioned all the time and what the coaches are telling them. Because I had a player before tell me, look, I, I wanted to guard the line on a certain player. And the coaches said no. So, and we, we, we start to look at their defense and, and judge it. And, you know, it's not always their decision. So it's not always clear cut. But these guys really play strong defense, and I'm happy with the list. I am happy with the list. John Gibson of Japan Baseball Weekly. You can find his podcast wherever you get podcasts, him and Jim Allen reviewing Japanese baseball throughout the year. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. And we're joined by SIS VP of Baseball, Bobby Scales. We just heard from David McKinnon, Fielding Bible Awards winner for NPB at first base, the lone former major leaguer to win an award. He had a lot of interesting things to say. It was kind of cool to hear him talk about the impact of soccer for him and with regards to playing goalie and playing angles, because that made me think of defense. And I have a feeling that you have some thoughts on that. Well, I, first of all, Mark, it's always a pleasure to be with you guys here at, on the uh, on the podcast. It's always fun to talk about some of the things that you have, you know, you the interviews you've had, and that's uh, it's tremendous. So, David McKinnon, that was a it was an interesting interview. Some of the things he talked about. First of all, I'm I'm a big believer that if you are a young athlete, period, full stop, play as many sports as you can get your hands on, because it only helps everything: hand eye coordination, endurance. You're you're doing functional strength training while you are playing another sport it's a whole different set of muscles it it, it reduces fatigue i mean the, the list goes on and on and these are this is not just subjective there are objective volumes of work that tell you that yet we yet and still we still have people who believe that you should just specialize at one sport from the time that you're five years old which is absolutely absurd but this young man grew up playing soccer he was an excellent soccer goaltender he talked about some of the angles understanding having having a little bit better understanding of positioning and angles because of his time between the sticks and in in a goalkeeping sense, and then just the reaction time and being able to move in different directions. This is, this is a direct result of his of him playing a different sport, being a soccer goaltender, and and, and understanding that I'm I'm just a big believer that you should play as many sports as you can, as long as you can, and especially either soccer and or basketball will only help enhance your defensive abilities in in baseball. And so it makes sense as to why he moves well and why he understands the angles at first base. In, in a greater sense because of his previous experience being a college goaltender and and a goalkeeper in, in soccer. There are a couple of examples on Twitter where he goes way up to make plays, and it does kind of look like a, a soccer goalie, which is pretty neat. What were some of your other takeaways from what he had to say? I thought it was interesting. He, he did it 
he talked about the angles and we talked about this briefly about some, how some guys enjoy playing left field over right field or right field over left field. And, and again, the field is symmetrical, right? Like the same, the angles in theory are the same at third base than they are at first base. I think it's more just a level of comfortability. It, 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 you know, he just said he's been over there for so long that it's just really difficult for him to get adjusted. And again, a guy with, that moves the way he moves, a guy that, that understands angles from his, you know, exper- his experience in, you know, playing, playing soccer in college as a, as a goalkeeper, certainly he, if he's able to field the ball at first base, he's able to field the ball at third base. It's not markedly different, but you know, again, now you got to throw across the diamond. That's a whole different dynamic, but he just said he just doesn't feel comfortable reading the hops at third as comfortable as he does at first base. And that's just probably a matter of him having played so much first base, but it's just, it's always interesting to hear how some guys like playing one position over the other when it's essentially the same position, but on the different side of the field, it's just your eyes and your sight lines. They just get used to seeing a certain thing. And I just always find that interesting to, to hear from guys. Sure. And Kaz Matsui, his manager, uh, you have some familiarity with him. Yeah. Kaz Matsui, when he returned from, you know, playing in the big leagues, I played against him. I think the last two years, and 11 and 12 was the last two years. So the last two years that I, that I was an active player in Japan. And it was just fun. It's always fun to see guys that any opportunity you had to speak to anybody on the field that had any, any command of English, you took that advantage. And, and, and Kaz was a great, was a great guy. If I'm not mistaken, he played for Rakuten that last, that last two years out that he was playing or the last two years I was playing, I should say. And that was the team that it was, uh, Masahiro Tanaka was on that team as well. And those were, we had good battles with those teams you know, down the stretch there. We ended up making the playoffs and they didn't. But nonetheless, it, you know, Kaz Matsui is a, is, a, is a good baseball mind. It's no surprise at all that he's a manager over there and, and doing good things in NPB. So it sounded like McKinnon was game to go back and try it again, potentially uh, next year. I'm curious as, as someone that, that played over there for a couple of years, if year two is markedly different from year one. Yes. And the reason why it is, you're just, you're just more used to a lot of the way that those guys do things. You heard him talk about how involved the coaches were in positioning the players. And the coaches are involved in positioning players all over the place. Like you see in the big leagues, you know, they have the cards in the pocket, but that's generated by the the game planning staff, the analytics staff, and also, you know, some of the, the research the coaches do, and they'll put those guys in a certain positions and they'll just leave it up to the players to read the card and get in the spot you're supposed to be in. And obviously there's a little feel involved there. But in Japan, I will tell you this, in Japan, they want you in a spot they want you in that spot no matter what. And there's not a lot of feel involved. And it was very difficult for me to understand. I remember my first year when I was over there, I've got a long story to tell about Darvish was pitching one night and, and this guy was just fouling balls off and I kept moving to the left and they kept waving me back to the right. And I'm like, this guy has no chance of hitting the baseball any further right than I'm standing. Sure enough, guy hit a two hopper right at me, we recorded the out. And the second I sat down in my chair after the game, I got a, I got a tap on the shoulder and saying the Kantoku, the manager, wanted to see me in his office. So I got in trouble that day for using my own feel and my own eyes. But he's right. They will put you in a spot. They do not want you to move from that spot. And if they get it, if the ball gets hit through a hole and, and you felt like you could have been there, it doesn't matter. Just stand in that spot. And that's what it is. And But yeah, year two will be different for him if he goes back. Hopefully he goes back. There's some good money to be made over there. You get a chance to take care of your family. And uh, year two will be different. He'll be much more comfortable. I, I remember I was much more comfortable the second year, even though I was with a different team. You just, it's like anything else in life. The second time you go through something, you don't, you're not constantly wondering what's around the next corner or, or what's the next new experience we're going to have or what, you know, if, 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 you know, am I going to do something wrong that I didn't even realize I was doing wrong, you know, in terms of just, you know, trying to assimilate into the culture and, and be a good teammate in a foreign country. So 
it is definitely easier year two as opposed to year one. So let's shift gears and talk uh, MLB just for a second. And what lessons can we learn from the Texas Rangers? And what were the biggest takeaways that you had from their winning the World Series? I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned, not just from the Rangers, but also from the the Diamondbacks as well. I mean, these are both two teams that two years ago lost 100 games. Very poor teams a couple years ago. They had plans in place. They did it different ways. The Diamondbacks, a lot of guys from the minor league system came up. And, you know, you plan on guys being good players. You don't think you plan on guys like Corbin Carroll and Zach Thomas having the years they've had this early in their career. And you would expect something a little, you know, you'd hope they'd have good production, but these guys were tremendous. Some of the pitching they had too. But but as far as the Rangers go, they they planned for this. They built this. They went out and they got Jacob DeGrom. He got hurt. You can't foresee that necessarily, although I'm sure some of the Mets fans probably could foresee it. But they were very aggressive in what they were trying to do. They had their own rookie and, jo- and, and Josh Young come up and he was unbelievable. I will say this. The thing that I think that put them over the top is they found some arms in the bullpen that got hot late. Bradford, LeClerc. Gray had an excellent ride down the stretch where these guys were a little bit shaky throughout the course of the year. Then you had you had a role Chapman come in and he's a little bit of a high wire act, but he was, you know, there was a veteran presence there and a guy who had been in in the heat of the moment many times before as a Yankee and and, and also as a Cub. So they, these guys got hot down the stretch. That bullpen got hot down the stretch and and you knew where they were gonna they were gonna hit. And when Marcus Simeon broke out a little bit and provided a little offense. And so I, uh, it was, it was, it's, it's all about, you know, you can be good all year and you can have your ups and downs, but boy, you got to get hot at the right time. And they certainly did. They were tremendous all postseason. What did you think of their defense? Well, I mean, obviously you don't get to that point in the season if, if you're not, if you don't catch the baseball, I exactly. mean, these are team that caught the ball all year. I mean, you gotta, you gotta hit too. You know how I feel about this. You gotta score runs. Even if you hold them to zero, someone's got to score. But if you're constantly giving teams extra outs and getting hurt by not making plays, then certainly. It's, it's a problem, but they, they, it's not just making plays for me. It's taking hits away that are, to, you know, taking extra base hits. You saw whether you agreed with Christian Walker running through the stop zone of Tony Perez-Sheek or not, Garcia threw an absolute seed to the plate that was right on the money. And it was a tremendous, it was a tremendous throw. And, and things like that turned the tide. Some of the plays that Evan Carter made in the league championship series against, against Houston were tremendous plays that changed the, changed the game. Leody Tavares. The only reason the only reason Evan Carter's probably not playing center field is because Leody Tavares is unbelievable out there, and he made some excellent plays throughout the playoff run as well. So, and then obviously on on the infield, Corey Seager, he catches everything. You know, there's some questions about his his range at this point. You know, he was always a really big man playing shortstop, and there's a little bit of question of his range. But if he gets it in his range, he usually catches it and makes a throw the first. I mean. Young's defense at third base for a young player was extraordinary too. I mean, it was all around the diamond. Uh, you know, even Jonah Heim behind the dish, and it was it was it was very impressive to watch those guys play defense. And then and then obviously it all comes together, and they're the world champions. And they are Bobby Scales, vice president of baseball for Sports Info Solutions. Thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure, Mark. And this wraps up this episode for David McKinnon, John Gibson, Bobby Scales, and our producer Justin Stein. I'm Mark Simon. Thank you for listening to the Sports Info Solutions Baseball Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SIS Baseball Podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, email the show at mark at sportsinfosolutions.com or tweet us at sportsinfo underscore SIS.